Have you ever wondered about life's biggest questions? Like, why am I here? What happens when we die? Or what else is out there? Well, we have, and we love to talk about it. And if you're listening, we think you probably do too. I'm Robin. And I'm Karen. And we've spent our lives searching for those answers. And we're seekers just like you. We'll be talking to some of the most fascinating spiritual teachers, healers, and scientists and showing you how you can use some of their spiritual practices for yourself. We'll also be sharing stories of other seekers to motivate you to live your fullest life. And we'll be translating it all so the spiritual stuff won't feel so out there. So if you're curious, get ready to rediscover why we're here together. Hi, Lisa. Hi. We're so excited to have you here. Lisa, let's first talk about how you realized you had this gift and this ability. When did it all start for you? My initial experience with connection to spirit and knowing I had this ability to connect was after my mom died, which was in 1984. I was seven years old. She was 35. And I spent next, you know, (laughs) 20 plus years trying to figure out what happens after we die. And luckily I had a very spiritual aunt who did help raise me. And she helped me understand that even though my mom's physical presence wasn't here, that she was here energetically. As I grew older, I started having connections with my mom that were through signs and that helped me know that she was with me. And I started having dreams that were also highly intuitive and were coming true. The real defining moment was 15 years ago after I had my first child, I was having some pretty bad postpartum depression and I was in a really bad, unfortunate state. And I remember literally praying out loud, somebody help me. During those months, I started having what most people might call like paranormal experiences related to my mom to let me know that she was with me, helping me and guiding me. And I would have things such as my lights turning on and off, TVs turning on and off, basically on cue. I would ask her to do it and she would do it. would be talking to the lights. You know, anybody walking in my house would be like, what is going on here? But what was so amazing was that I would have friends that would come over and see this happening on cue. I ended up wanting to delve more into understanding what I was hearing, feeling, and seeing. And so I took a mediumship class and that opened up a floodgate, that one class. I started taking all the tools I learned in that mediumship class and applying it to my friend's energies and kind of testing it out the waters of what this was. I do recall having a conversation with one of my best friends and just practicing on her. And I kept saying, I feel like there's this grandmother figure here. She's giving me an FR name, like Fran, Frida. I see this collie dog. I'm like, I have no idea what this means. This doesn't mean anything to you. And she said, let me call you back. I have to check with my mom. So she called me back and she said, you're not going to believe this. My great grandmother's name was Frida and she died the same week as her collie dog. And so at that moment, I knew there might've been something to this. So I actually took it one step further. During this time of transition into connecting with my mom, I was also seeing a psychiatrist because she was helping me with my postpartum depression. So she had sort of seen the spiritual change and the spiritual growth. I knew I wasn't crazy per se, but I really challenged myself to make sure of that notion. So I asked my psychiatrist if I could give her a reading. I love that. I mean, (laughs) that's really, that's brave. By the way, that's brave. It it was. Yes. It was probably one of the bravest moments of my life because she could have really, you know, said you're a crazy person or said, this is not the forum. (laughs) 
for that. I went in there and I tested my newfound abilities and I connected with her deceased loved ones and the tables turned and she starts crying (laughs) and I'm consoling her. And then she validated, Lisa, this is, you're clearly doing something that's going to help people heal. So she said, go, go do your life's work. So I found that since then, I haven't second-guessed it, and I have found that this work has been incredibly healing, not only for my clients, but for me as well. That is is a journey. I have a a couple questions. When you were a little girl and your mom passed away so young, what were the kinds of signs that you started to see and associate with your mom? Because having also lost my dad at a young age, and you were even younger, for other people listening whose children may have lost their parent at a young age, I think it would be helpful for them to know. One of the major signs was, it was March 14th, 1984, when my mom died. And it was a a rainy March day when during the funeral and the day after there was a huge rainbow in the sky mm-hmm. and my aunt pointed out this is a rainbow and this is a sign from your mom and she's going to show you rainbows to show you that she's with you so even that one sign of a rainbow I was able to hold on to something that felt tangible. So what ended up happening was that rainbow showed up everywhere from that day forward. That helped me at such a young age to connect this rainbow to my mom. And that was the starting sign. I think that can help a lot of people who are listening for themselves as adults and to help their children, because I, I know that would have helped me tremendously because otherwise you kind of think the doors just shut. Exactly. You know, and exactly. that's because the premise at such a young age is, you know, you die, die. Yes. That's it. And well, I- to let you know that the signs are out there, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a medium to really see those signs and, and see what they mean for you. You can look for them on your own. I say that to all of my clients, they should make the agreement with their loved ones about what they want to see from them so that they have their own agreement and their own connection that no medium has to even tell them. Cause I agree with you, Karen. And if it comes from you and you see that sign, then you are completely validated. And I always say you can ask anything and be specific. You know, whether it's you want to see their name on a license plate or you want to see a song that reminds you of them or you want to hear that on the radio, ask them to play it for you. What I have learned is that they are constantly trying to show us that they're with us. And a lot of times, most often we're second guessing it. I like to relate it to, let's say you're sending out a text message to somebody you love, Robin, let's say you send it to your husband, Jeff, and you say, I love you. Most likely he's going to send one back and say, I love you too, right? It's a mutual exchange of love that never ends, right? So the same thing happens when we pass. When you're thinking about your loved ones, it's a direct ping, like a text message of love to their soul. And guess what? They want to return it. It doesn't stop. The love doesn't stop. So how do they return it? They return it with signs. If we dismiss that sign, it's like we're dismissing their text message of love. So I always encourage my clients to honor, even if it elicits that feeling of, is this a sign? To honor that it is. And the more you honor it, the more you're going to end up seeing. And they're always trying to show their presence. And they're also our guides. They're helping us on our journey. That's another aspect of this. It's not just that there are loved ones that are passing. They're also trying to help us on our journey and let us know we're not alone. That's so well said. Thank you. Well, that's my knowing. You believe we all have this within us. Mm -hmm. For some of us, it's a little more heightened. And I believe that you're a teacher. Part of this is you teaching all of us. 
that we can do this. Correct. I absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that we all have this ability to connect. It's our birthright. It's, we are souls at the end of the day, and we all have this ability to connect to our higher selves, to our intuition, to our spirit connection. It is literally part of who we are. So yes, I do teach classes on how to bring out those abilities so that you know that you actually can do this. And I've seen people like Robin (laughs) come out of my class and absolutely be a connector and a medium. I just want to open up the door for you. My hope and prayer is that you literally take it one step further. And the way you do that is by talking to them, by asking them to show the specific signs, by having those agreements. Because literally when you do get those signs, your vibrational energy just lifts and it becomes almost like intoxicating. You just can't stop connecting. Let's talk about how you communicate with the deceased. Do you see apparitions? Mm -hmm. I know what I've learned from your class. We have these clear senses and everybody has different senses that are kind of dominant Mm -hmm. that help them see or hear or feel. Everybody that is listening has an inner voice. You may not always pay attention to that inner voice, but I think that what we're talking about here is being able to differentiate What is actually your soul and inner voice? And then what is this other guidance? And you can tell the difference Mm -hmm. once you start to understand this. Yes. The way that we connect into spirit energy and to our higher selves and our intuition is to work with what you said, clear senses, which are energy senses that match up with our physical senses. There is a common misconception that I'm actually looking at apparitions, meaning like ghostly figures. That's actually not how I operate. And that's actually not how most mediums operate. It's subtle work. It's just really finding that channel. It's kind of like a a vibration that you have to kind of tune into and hone into. And how you do that is by using these different clear senses. It's not this overwhelming thing that happens, you know, like where you see in the movies. When I first started seeking out my own mediums to help me connect with my mom, they would say things like, I see your mom and she's wearing this beautiful black wig and she's got this white dress on. And I'm, I'm kind of looking behind me because they're staring behind me thinking, okay, you see her. I don't see her. I'm trying to see her with my physical eyes. And it's actually not, it's more in your mind's eye or your inner voice. So I teach people how to access that. And so there's clairvoyance. Yes. Clairvoyance is clear seeing and there's clear audience, which is clear hearing. There's clear sentience, which is clear feeling. And then there's, you know, clear cognizance, which is just clear knowing, knowing without how you know what you know, but you know, <laughs> and that's like your sixth sense. And then there's clear goose. There's clear Gustins, which Gustins. is clear tasting, <laughs> I always, I always and clear aliens, which is clear smelling. So all of those senses are kind of impressed upon me when I'm giving a reading. So I'm tapping into all of those things that I'm hearing, feeling, and seeing, but allowing myself to be an open channel to receive it, getting my ego out of the way and getting my brain out of the way, which is really hard for people to do because our brains are operating on a constant basis. So I've learned how to move my brain out of the way and be a channel. How would you say your readings and what you were doing in the beginning has changed over these many years. When I first started doing this work, I was really obsessed with the notion that I was doing something so awesome. That was my ego in the way 100%. And I kept feeling, oh, I'm so good at this. I'm getting praise from this. I really was 
in my ego, which was at the beginning a driving force, which feels shameful to admit, but it's the truth. And I was very quickly knocked off my feet by spirit because at the basis of this, it's not about your ego. And I would be a fraud if I kept doing this for the praise of it, for the validation of it. And the getting it right. Getting it right. Right. Exactly. And that was something that was also part of the lesson in my life because I've always been a people pleaser my whole life. And this work has actually helped me move out of that insecurity of being a people pleaser and to always be right and to always be right. At the beginning, I always wanted to be right. And there are parts of it that I needed to be in order to know it was real. But as time went on, spirit can do mysterious things to make sure that that is not the case. And, you know, I'm still learning and I'm still growing from it. But I do believe that I really feel a different shift in knowing this is coming from just a higher consciousness, not, not my brain anymore and not my ego. And that I have found has been the best sessions. You have to let your ego go. You're the channel. I'm the channel. You're the channel. To me, you are a very clear channel and in the way that you are able to interpret what you are getting Mm -hmm. and deliver it, it just resonates, you know, very deeply and very true. When people come to you, are they primarily looking to connect with loved ones on the other side or are they looking for information about what my life purpose is or does my boyfriends really love me? (laughs) I am a spiritual medium. And what that means is I am connecting into my client's energy field, but 99% of it is coming from the spirit energy of their loved ones. And when they come through, they're often validating past experiences, present situations, as well as future. So there is some future information that comes of it. The difference between a spiritual medium and a psychic spiritual medium is connecting into the energy of the deceased or the non-living. A psychic is someone who is tapping into someone's physical energy and providing information about the physical person and currently what's going on with them in their future lives and, and situations. So it's a mixed bag in my sessions because your loved ones actually do see what I like to call as your soul's plan about how your life is going and what's happening and what are these lessons that we're learning and what is it teaching us? So I believe my truth, and I just keep getting told over and over and over again from spirit that we are all meant to be on this earth plane learning lessons that have been set up to teach us, to help challenge us, to help push us. And in turn, hopefully we'll are learning these lessons to evolve and grow. And then in turn, the idea is to help others. So that's what I know of why we're being pushed a lot of times in life because there's so much loss in so many different ways. And I do truly believe since that there really is a purpose to our pain. It's just up to us to choose to see it. And once we do, we're hopefully able to grow from it. If I'm in a session with a client, they might have questions about their lives. I will ask their loved ones to guide them if they have the answers for them. Sometimes they'll give me the answer immediately and sometimes they don't. And if they don't, I always say there's a reason for that. Living in the unknown can be fearful, but there is always a lesson in the unknown of waiting. So my sessions will be made up of this mixed bag of connection, validating your loved ones are here, personalities of how they lived on this earth plane. They will be very good at explaining their personalities. And then they'll also talk about what's going on in their lives to validate that they're with you and seeing you on your journey. And then sometimes they will 
tell you what's going to happen in the future. From my own experience mm-hmm. with your readings yeah. and even observing you giving other people readings, I believe it's what you're supposed to know right then. Exactly. I believe in divine messages, meaning you get no more or no less when you are in a session. So exactly. That's yeah. true. I, I mean, we all want more. It, it can be frustrating for me every day. I'm trying to tap in and be like, what am I supposed to do about this? And sometimes I'll hear the words, it's all according to plan, Lisa. And I just have to hold on to that and trust that I'm being guided in the right direction. You're not even shown everything for yourself, right? And I think that kind of leads to this question that I wanted to ask you. What are some of the craziest things people (laughs) ask you or think about you and what you do? There's a lot of people that think I'm walking around reading their minds (laughs) all day long. That's not the case for me. I'm able to turn it on and turn it off. It's like a dial switch for me. At the beginning, when I first started getting inundated with all this information, I didn't know how to turn it off. And I've learned through the years that that's actually my fault. And I didn't realize it was my fault because I wasn't putting boundaries up with the non-living. So just like in life with the living, you got to put boundaries up with the living. You also have to put it up with the non-living. Now I've been able to do that, which has been really helpful. I really like to leave it in the session when my clients leave. And then I go into mom mode. I'm a normal human being, just like the rest of us. So just like anything, you don't want to walk around doing your work all day. I know my job is a little out of the box, but people do think I'm always reading their minds on a regular basis. And I've had people actually literally put their hands up to their forehead being like, don't read me. (laughs) That's not how it works. I also really truly believe in the integrity of not tapping into someone's energy without their permission. I really think there's this moral compass of making sure you get someone's permission first. So that's probably a big misconception is I'm walking around like being bombarded by ghosts all day or spirits or that I'm reading people's minds all day. And that's just not the case. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Another question that I have is when someone is getting a reading and I know this has happened to me, it's happened to my sister, you know, we expect to hear from the people that we were closest with in this lifetime that have passed away. Mm -hmm. But do you find that you don't always hear from those people or that other people may come in and have messages for you that you weren't as close with in this lifetime? Yes. So I always tell my clients, I have no control over who comes through and what they say. I wish I did. It would make my job a lot easier, but it usually always ends up being the people they want to hear from. And, and, and then some great grandparents will come in that they've never met before. They'll just pop in and say their name and want to say hi, just to validate that they're with them, part of their spirit team. I often don't have people that are disappointed that somebody didn't come through. If anything, there's too many people that might come through. And I always say at the end, you know, if someone that that didn't come through that you wanted to hear from, ask me, I can try and channel them. And sometimes I do. And sometimes they come right in and sometimes they don't. And if they don't, it's because I'm too tapped out. And I think that that's an important message too, to let my clients know. It doesn't mean that they're not with them. It's just, this takes a lot of energy to do. It takes a lot of energy for me to raise my vibration and for spirit energy to come down into my vibration and for us to meet in the middle. What does the term spirit guide mean? So we have our deceased loved ones. We also have an entire team of spirit energies that are called spirit guides that are assigned to our soul to help us on our journey along with our deceased loved ones. There's literally a hierarchy of spirits that I have been 
told and shown. We have angels, we have guides, guardian angels usually will intervene when life and death situations are not supposed to be interrupted. And then our spirit guides are assigned to our soul to help us on our journey. And they may never have been part of our ancestral team. They are assigned to us to help us with specific lessons. And maybe when we've, I would say, graduated from a lesson, then actually they leave and other ones will come into the place to help you work on the next lesson. So we, we can... Never heard that before. Yeah, we can graduate. Some of them stay with us from birth until death. When I first heard this concept, I will be honest, I thought it was ridiculous. I, I thought it was kind of a little bit like Looney Tooney. Like, I, what? A spirit guide? And my teacher helped us access who the, the names of our spirit guides were. And I remember getting the name Nick. And I said, I, I don't understand why this, I don't know. And I know one Nick. And it became sort of a joke because. I've been so big in validation. So even from the get-go, when I'm learning all of these things about when someone mentions hierarchy of spirit, what does that mean? It just felt so far-fetched. And so I decided to play with Nick, you know, (laughs) and sort of test him. Are you really with me? And I remember being in my car, having a full-on conversation with Nick, you know, hoping that he was really real. Uh, I knew my mom was real, but okay, this idea of spirit guides. And I pull into the Starbucks and I am literally thinking about this Nick and asking him to show up for me. And the, all of a sudden, the intercom comes on and the man says, hi, I'm Nick. Can I please take your order? And I, I pulled into, and I even took a picture of his name tag. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. So it kind of became a joke. And then the next week, I went on vacation with my husband, who's now my ex-husband. But at the time, we went to Arizona and our waiter's name was Nick. And then that night we went to a bar and our bartender's name was Nick. It became a joke. And I remember trying to call my sister on my Bluetooth in my car. And I said, call Dina. Her name is Dina. And all of a sudden my Bluetooth says, calling Nick. And I said, no, Dina calling Nick. So that became sort of this Okay. I hear you, Nick. So we have our deceased loved ones. We have these spirit guides. We have angels. We have a whole spirit team that is always helping us. And I love that. And I love that knowing, and I love testing them because I think when you get that validation, it just says that extra emphasis that you're not alone. I was just going to say, yeah, that is what is so comforting. It's so, I think about it all the time, all the time, all the time, because Sometimes we all feel lonely, no matter how much in real life support we, we do have. And to know that you're never alone. And Robin, I'm sure you've had this experience too, after losing your dad at a young age and me losing my mom at a young age. And Karen, I don't know your story yet, which I will get to by giving you a reading, but it makes me feel so comforted because I don't have my mother here. And to know that that loneliness actually is kind of not reality. It's not. There have been moments when I I did not want to be here anymore because life felt so painful. And every time I got to that low point, my spirit guides, my mom would show me the way and always got me back to a place of understanding what was going on in my life and why things were happening the way they were happening. Absolutely. When you start to ask your spirit team Mm -hmm. to show up, and not only will they show you signs in our real world, I believe you feel it. That is I've felt hugged before. Mm-hmm. I think that most people think of it as freaky mm-hmm. and scary. And it's not. It's actually so, the word we've been using is comforting. It is. Exactly. So Lisa, if somebody's interested in learning 
how to develop their intuitive abilities, what would you suggest to them? What are the sources that you would guide them to? Well, there's some great resources, great books out there. I would highly recommend Rebecca Rosen's book, Spirited. It does have basic information about how to connect and she gives great tools to and exercises to help you do that. Definitely look into mediumship classes in your local towns. There's a great book called Answers About the Afterlife written by a man named Bob Olson. It's a it's an easy read and it answers all of these questions about the afterlife. There is another book called Your Soul's Plan by Robert Schwartz, which helps you understand the why of why we are here, why we go through all of these hard lessons because we all have things that have brought us to our knees and we all have a loss of identity, loss of financial, loss of loved ones that it helps you understand why people go through addiction, why people have suffering, why there's illness. And this book was the catalyst to help me really understand that there really is such a bigger picture to our lives and there is a purpose to everything we go through. So those are great resource books. Most importantly, you got to go with your gut on who you're connecting with to help you with this information. There are a lot of people out there that do this for the wrong reasons. Sometimes they're preying on people who are grieving. I just think it's so important that you line up with teachers and resources that really resonate with you. What are some overall common themes that you hear from the deceased Mm -hmm. for all of us? The most important thing that I hear every single time is that when we die, we are out of any pain and suffering that we have experienced on this earth plane, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, whatever it is, the second we pass, we do not take those grievances with us. We are pure energy and light at the end of the day. There is no caring of judgment or even a will. One of the most amazing and validating readings I had once was I had connected a woman to her deceased mother. She had told me that she had had breast cancer and that she was out of that pain and suffering. And then she also gave some information to my client about making sure that she goes to get a mammogram. And it wasn't this alarming feeling. It just doesn't come to me that way, but I know I needed to express that. She was not going to do it, but because her mother had suggested it, she did go and get this mammogram and she found out that she had cancer. She had breast cancer. And her mom from the other side literally saved her life. They said, if we had not caught this earlier, you would not be here. And, And in the same session, she'd also been abused as a child. And her abuser came through to apologize to her about what he had done on this earth plane. Each time I kind of get into these really deep sessions, they always say it's for the highest good of, I believe no message is a bad message because it is always supposed to help you. People do come in and they fear it a little bit. They get nervous. It's such a, like a, an unknown, but I always say, if you're open to it, it can be life changing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. You know, and one other thing too, that I wanted to bring up because we've used the word vibration mm-hmm. a bunch, mm-hmm. and I don't know if we've used the word frequency because mm-hmm. I think we're talking about the same thing. It's almost like a radio frequency. Exactly. It is because we are, we are energy at the end of the day. So we have this physical body, but 
once the body is gone, we literally are energy. I recently had a client ask me about her deceased husband and she said, is he, you know, when it rains, is he out there in the rain? She didn't quite understand this idea that we don't have this physical body. We have this soul that is a higher consciousness. It's a vibration. We are energy. And that's why lights blink on and off because we're manipulating our energy at the end of the day, because that's what the frequency is. It is like a radio. I just wanted people to understand that. Yeah, that's a you great know. question. I, I don't really know the science behind it. I just know that my truth and my knowing is that we are souls and we are energy. In terms of this being such a gift that you can give to other people, what is it for you that you get out of this gift and giving it to others? I always say it's a mutual exchange of energy. This is not one-sided. What's been fascinating is that almost every single client that comes into my path happens to often mirror very similar stories that I'm going through. And when I am guiding them from their loved ones, they're also guiding me. So it's always, always a mutual exchange of energy. It is not what I have found one-sided. I get my own healing from it. This work has helped me heal through my own pain because I'm being linked up with the people that are guiding me on the other side too, just as much as they're guiding my clients. That's yeah. beautiful. After every single reading, I'm like, I cannot believe we have the same names of people. And even in my classes, I teach, there's just been so many stories of synchronicities. When I say synchronicities, there's a difference between synchronicity and coincidence. I believe there are absolutely no coincidences. I don't allow anybody to use that word in my house. What I have been told from spirit is that when those synchronistic events happen, it happen, it means you are absolutely aligned where you need to be on your journey. So I always say, thank you. So it is fascinating that the client after client after client that comes in, there is always some part that's helping me too. And isn't that incredible that you are constantly surprised and validated, <laughs> yeah, like, like even you, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I know people do think it's funny when I get so surprised, I, I guess, because I'm always learning too. you know, and often what happens to me after a reading is I tend to forget a lot. I think it's a form of coping that my guides have helped me with because I am such an empath and an empath is somebody who takes on everybody's emotions and carries them as their own. And I have been grateful enough to sort of be able to detach from every session because I don't know if I could be able to carry every, and I see trauma and tragedy every single day. I believe that you're right. They've done that on purpose. Yeah, they do. And it's funny because even yesterday when I had the clients come in and they were saying, oh, my sister was here and she told me you, you know, that you told her X, Y, Z and then it happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, it did. And what's funny is that so many people will leave my session and so many things will happen. And then I don't get the aftermath of how things played out. So I'm always saying, can you please just let me know what happened? It's just so cool. Or, yeah. you know, you also sometimes will be like, oh, I said that. Yeah. That's where the what? attachment and no memory comes from. Yes. Which so. I'm like, you did, you called it, so, you know, it's really, it's really funny. And I, I love that about you, <laughs> you know, You're like I did. <laughs> I that know. makes it even You and I have that conversation a lot, Robin. She'll be like, you told me. I am like, I did. I remember that. Well, I know this is going to sound really strange, but when you cross over, you're going to have to have like this ticker day parade. <laughs> Imagine, like all these people going, oh, Lisa. That is so true. And they're like, thank you. And thank you for everybody who's listening to be open. And I always say, I'm not trying to make anybody believe 
any of this. I just let the messages speak for themselves. And if it resonates with you, then I know I've done my job. I just like to open up the door. I'm not trying to, you know, there are so many naysayers out there. There's so many skeptics. And like I said before, I was going on ego. I didn't like that. I wanted to be right now. I, I feel if it's coming out of my mouth, I'm supposed to say it. And I always tell my clients, it may not mean anything to you right now. It might, usually it ends up coming to an understanding two to three days later, two to three months. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I believe that I'm supposed to come out of my mouth. So I don't let that drive me anymore. I let the channel and the messages speak for themselves. I think my psychiatrist really helped me with that. Thanks for sharing that because yeah, yeah You're welcome. that's super honest. You know, you know what? I, I, it is. If I, if I spent all my time worrying if I'm right, then I, again, I'm not doing my work properly. I am in ego. And that is not what this work is about. I would highly recommend everybody doing it if they have even a little bit of an interest. Yeah. Curiosity. It's so important. You know, being open and being curious. I think if you're listening to this, I would imagine you are open and curious and you may not have experienced a reading. If you're a little bit scared of the experience, go to like a bigger reading with somebody that is recommended and check it out. You may not get a reading that time, mm-hmm. but that may then lead you to want to have your own private Exactly. Session. And those are called small group readings or large group readings, which Robin's talking about, which are sometimes I facilitate in a group of 200 people where I'll just be drawn to whoever I'm supposed to be drawn to. And you can get so much out of the, the experience just by being a participant and watching. You may not get your own reading or small groups, which is usually made up of four to seven people where everybody gets a reading. It's kind of like a way to ease in. If if you are feeling a little bit fearful. Yeah. And that's the whole point of this work is to help people trust Mm. and surrender and to eliminate that fear that this is not what you would typically see in a ghost movie. (laughs) These haunted horror movies. Yeah. It's it's not scary. It's not scary. Listen, like anything in life, you can call in any negative, like we said, vibration, but it's not how I do my work. I only set the intention for the highest good of my client. I can bow for that. And, <laughs> and, and you'll all get to experience her work because she's going to read Karen for the first time. I'm so excited about Karen. I can't I too. I really am. Know that you can experience this yourself mm-hmm. and that we all have this within us, mm-hmm. you know, and I just find that is the power. That's so powerful. You know, this isn't just for us. No. You know, this, this is for everyone. You. And thank you again. It's my pleasure. And thank you for having me on your podcast and being a part of this wonderful project because I feel just as honored. And thank you all for listening. We hoped you learned something new today. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Share your thoughts, stories, and questions. Visit seekingwithrobin.com or seekingwithrobin on social. 